foodie. 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 From the Not A Foodie studio, which is not a studio, it's my dining room table in Queens. It's the Not A Foodie podcast. I'm Tom, and as always, I'm joined... I'm Mike. By Mike. Mike, today we have a guest on the podcast. You know what, John? I'll let you introduce yourself, because um, I'm, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm John, and I run the Queens Night Market. The Queens Night Market. Uh, Mike, have you been to the Queens International Night Market? No, because I don't have Saturdays off ever. <laughs> I've never had a Saturday off that I haven't requested for like another event. You're missing out, dude. Yeah, I know. So, John, what's what's the uh, what's the Queen's Night Market? Since Mike has never been, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I guess most people know it for the food. Um, yeah, there's up to I think we were just talking about up to 55 vendors from all over the world. Um, our mission is to sort of uh, eventually get a tent for every country represented here in New York City. Wow. Uh, but we also have, yeah, yeah, eventually, that's, you know, pie in the sky kind of stuff. Uh, we have music, live bands, live local bands, dance troops um, every night, every Saturday night, that is. And we have tons of art merchandise and some kids, games for kids. Uh, that's kind of it. And I guess most people also know us for the uh, price cap on food, which is generally $5. So $5 per food item. Right. Nothing. Right. Yeah, generally nothing can go above $5. And this year we introduced the sort of... Exception where just a handful, three, four, maybe five people can sell at $6 just to test out how it goes. But um, How much is a shark sandwich? $6. (laughs) So before we get into like any of that stuff, I just want to say like I've I've loved the the Queens. I love the idea. It started out with Kickstarters and and things like that. And we can sort of get into the history of it. Um, I went a few times the first year. Um, I mean, and, and I go a few times every year. I haven't been, unfortunately, yet this year. Um, but it is, it's behind, what is it, the New York Hall of Science, right? Yep, it's in, behind the building. Yep. In in Queens and Corona, Corona, I guess that technically, is? I mean, it's technically still part of Flushing Meadows Corona Park across the uh, Grand Central and uh, on the Corona side. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a party. You show up and it's tents. Um, there's, you know, just smoke wafting from the tents and great smells and aromas and the d- DJs and bands and kids dancing, you know, under the stars and, you know, sumo suit wrestling those inflatable sumo suit wrestling or or like those big inflatable balls it's it's like a big party um so i'm shame on you mike for never having you know for for actually having to work on saturday nights i'm the worst (laughs) you are the worst you just can't you're not a queen's guy anymore you're you're uh uh what are you you're harlem dude now you can't call yourself a queen's guy um i i love it for the food i love it for the atmosphere more uh, so why don't you just, if you can give us a little bit of history of like how this, how this all came about, like what, you know, how did this start? What gave you the idea to start this? Um, so as you know, uh, I met Tom before Kickstarter, I think actually, I think I, I don't know how I got his number or his email, but he, I asked him for advice on how to run a Kickstarter campaign. Um, so five, six years ago, I was a corporate lawyer in Manhattan and, uh, decided I would quit doing that and pursue something completely different. 
Uh, I had spent all my summers as a kid in Taiwan, which have probably has probably the most night markets um, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Every city has multiple versions of a night market. So, um, and when I quit being a lawyer, I decided I would tra- take a year to travel the world, um, go go soul searching. And I decided one day it was pretty random. I decided one day I would. I wondered why there was no night market in New York. There had been a couple. I think the big ones in. Uh, Toronto, and then there was a sort of fledgling one in LA, but New York, sort of pretty cosmopolitan. Curious why it never happened, and I started researching, and turns out they'd been speaking about it for a decade or more, and people just sort of thought it couldn't be done. You couldn't find the space, you couldn't get the permits, you couldn't yeah, operate that tape. Yeah, yeah, lots of red tape. And so I decided I would uh, ambitiously, over ambitiously, and sort of take a risk and spend a year doing it, fully expecting it wouldn't pan out and it just sort of that was a fun year but uh <laughs> as i said uh, when we opened up uh three and a half years ago that first night was just standing room only and obviously there was a, uh, a crowd and demand for it but uh that's sort of the short answer of how it started it was i mean i remember trying to go to the first night and I, you know, I've got two kids, so I drove, which you can't really drive to. There's such, there's very limited parking. I've been lucky a few times. If you go really, really, really early, you can get parking. Well, that's also, you're also a member of the Queen's, uh, the Hall of Science, too. Right? Yes, which oh, makes that's it easy. what they did. That's right, what they right, did. Right. We went to the Queen's Hall of Science, and as a member of the Queen's Hall of Science, I got parking, and then I just left my car there. Shout out to the Queen's Hall of Science for being so. Uh, huge in my childhood and probably your kid's childhood it's oh my kids love it it's such a museum per made perfectly like for children like it's so <laughs> captivating and it's it's awesome yeah. i have so many good memories of the queen's hall of science well i think that there's a there's a big contingent of people that do this on saturdays now they go to the queen's hall the new york hall of science and then they go like almost at closing time right. so that they can leave their car there and walk over to the night market. Yeah, no, I talked to the, our you know collaborators over there and they said there's definitely been a spike of you know Saturday late afternoon uh, admissions just so that they can, uh, once it's closed, they get kicked out and they walk over to the night market right when we're opening. So, That's, uh, so anyway, our first night, the, I tried to go the first night and there was, I drove around for a half hour trying to find parking and I've got two screaming kids in the car so i'm like you know what i i can't do it but i mean how many people were you expecting to show up the first night um realistically i thought about a few days before i thought about calling it a soft open because i was terrified of not having any people show up so i, I was really i would have been happy with one or two thousand people show up and how many people showed up uh i'm not entirely sure we <laughs> we try not to say too much publicly but i think uh i'll i'll, I'll say probably around like thirty thousand, maybe more uh, Ish, thirty-ish, yeah, thirty-ish, ish, but ish. yeah, no, it was it was crazy. Um, and then I guess the second year was even crazier. There were you know a lot more people that showed up. That you know, it's it's only been gaining in popularity over the years, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and it's an incredible experience. Um, but the food is phenomenal. Like, uh, talk a little bit about like what your philosophy was for getting vendors coming right. in there. Like, there's a very specific sort of set of criteria that right. you know that they have to meet right um you know when i was creating this i was you know i just lost my paycheck because i quit being a lawyer and was probably uh pinching pennies over the year i spent soul searching and thought you know the, the, the coolest thing about being a privileged american when you travel is sort of going to markets and feeling like especially develop you know countries in the developing world and everything your dollar goes, goes so far into these markets oh yeah so i thought um you know, after doing some traveling, came back and thought, wow, New York place is still freaking expensive. Um, 
so can you possibly in New York City create a a sort of community, an event, a space, a market where everyone, I mean, so far as possible, found it affordable, and you can, you know, you would have your you know one percenters come but you'd also have the people that you know commute every day and so the first thing that we i did was you know i this five dollar price gap which i think has actually been copied by some other events since then over the last four years but i thought you know it wouldn't be great if all you needed was a five dollar bill anywhere you went in the market and so that was the first one it's hard to get vendors to you know especially with some of these other events that the you know the minimum thing you're buying is maybe 10 15 20 dollars on yeah. the street which is like sort of a hot dog in times square costs six dollars i know it's it's crazy yeah um but you know that's also partly because of the rent like you know they have to pay you know they have to be charging that kind of thing so can you create an event that takes that into account and create like puts rent so low it sort of has so much popularity so anyways that was the first thing so we, you know it doesn't get written about enough i think it's just the fact that you know it's so diverse the people that come from all walks of life from all levels of income get to come to this thing um so that was the first one that made it unique but the second one as i was saying before is that um our main criteria is your story uh we want people who's selling mexican food to have so been eating mexican food their entire life and people selling indian food have been eating indian food their entire life and so that trickles down um but you know the most important uh, question on our application is why do you want to sell the, what do you want to sell at the night market and how does it reflect your personal history your personal culture your background which a lot of people have a really hard time answering you know the people that went to french culinary school and they want to serve foie gras or you know these kinds of things <laughs> right. and they have, you know they didn't grow up eating it they don't have a sort of you could tell the passion in someone's eyes when they're saying like oh my god you know when my grandmother used to come do this and it was great and the family got the family together if you went to culinary school and you got out and you want to sell the trendiest thing it just you know yeah you probably don't have a lot of like classically french trained people selling tacos like no well we you know we have a lot of applications for that right right we don't but you don't accept those applications you ex you you accept the application of the person who talks about their grandmother's mole and blah 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 so if you want to get into the queen's international night market be you authentic. Just have to sell your grandmother's recipe, <laughs> or your yeah. father's, or your great grandmother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so I mean, you know, it's worked out well, surprisingly well. I, I think the last time we counted, we've had over 80, 90 countries represented their food represented at the night market wow. so far. So I think the last count in New York City was on one hundred forty different countries are represented here, or something like that. So in or, Queens, right? Or in well, New York I mean, City. Yeah. Oh, it's, they're pretty same, close. Same yeah, it's pretty close, almost. Um, yeah. So you know, much. but those last forty countries are going to be pretty hard to uh, represent. You know, I remember someone wrote from Tahiti, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Sorry, uh, pardon the French, right. please. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I said you're from Tahiti. Do you want to sell clothes? It's like no, no, no. Don't you want to sell food? She's like, I'm not a chef. I'm like, I don't care. Like yeah, <laughs> Tahiti. And there, she, you know, I asked her if she knew. She's like, I don't know a single person in New York City from Tahiti that cooks. So I was like, well, that country will be hard to represent. But oh, uh, I'll, I'll eat some poisson cru. Poisson cru <laughs> is like my favorite Tahitian dish. I there love it. <laughs> I think that's the, the new poke bowl. By the way, oh, is, right. is going to be poisson cru. That's my prediction. <laughs> um, so. It, so the the diversity of the the stories and the the food vendors and everything like that, um, I, that leads to this amazing atmosphere when you walk in there. Like I've I've noticed like some of the more popular dishes, like the Caribbean shark sandwich. I mean, there's always a line of yeah. people who are from like Trinidad and Tobago that are like waiting to get this shark sandwich yeah. because it reminds them of you know of of their youth. Um, what are some of the more popular um, stands there? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny. I, there are some mainstays, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've gone, you'll not have missed the line from Burmese Bites or yeah. Carl's Bars or Seabow. Burmese or, Bites is like, grown a lot, right? Well, they started, I mean, 
yeah, they now have their own food cart in LIC, um, which I hope is going well. I haven't talked to him about it in a bit, but uh, you know, he's been he was voted number one in New York Times Cheap Eats last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before, last year it was us actually the market itself, which was really nice. That's awesome. Um, but the year before was specifically Burmese bites. Um, yeah, as you said, the shark sandwich, fried ice cream is always popular. Um, well, who doesn't like fried ice yeah. cream? It doesn't matter what culture that's from. Right. <laughs> uh, when the Bangladeshi guys are there, they've got a really good line. Um, the you know Filipino, they're still at the balut, which is the, what's a balut? It's the uh, fertilized duck egg where you can see oh, sort of the embryo oh, yeah. when you crack open. So that's uh, that's always sort of popular. When the cricket guys were there, they were pretty popular. Mm-hmm. So it really depends. And like the funny thing is. Yeah, the other thing you'll notice, I think, when you get there, is all the tents are the same color, which is because I own them all, and I decided <laughs> I didn't want. Well, I didn't want people having like an edge up because they had a really cool tent, you know. So there are some really gimmicky tents, like you know. Um, so the idea was like, can you put everyone on the equal playing field, and you know, there's no gimmicks on their tent. I mean, sure, the signs is one thing, but um, so. But the funny thing is, uh, you know, these lines these lines get seeded and just sort of grow like on a night, and then it'll disappear another night. And, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. There's a story I read about the fish market in Tokyo. Um, they're all selling the same, pretty soon. You know, sushi at six in the morning or five in the morning. You know, it's hard to change that up too much. So there's a huge number of stalls, and every day, like the line, late, longest line is at a different shop, and it all just depends on the sort of the phenomenon of like who got seated with a small line at first and everyone assumes that's the best one and so that happens a bit at the night market as well over yeah. the course of the night so like you'll see people that never I, had lines before i just got back from thailand uh-huh. and uh one of the day one of the, my nights in bangkok my friends are you sure this is family friendly i was gonna it's say so my friends the hangover part seven <laughs> girlfriend grew up in uh chiang mai uh-huh. but her friend lives in bangkok so okay. she took she met up with me she's like chiang mai Northern uh, okay. Thailand, about uh, hour flight, I think, okay. like four hours drive, something like that. I think um, the night market's supposed to be like one mile long or something like that. Chiang Mai is Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai yeah, yeah. is really incredible. I'm really upset that I didn't go, and then I went to Phuket instead. But um, tourist, yeah, I fucked up. So <laughs> she's she's white taking, boy she's tourist. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, <laughs> I just want to eat. Like that. That's it. I just want to eat. There's nothing else I want to do in a night market besides eat. So we go in the train station. We pay our train fare. And then she's like, no, wait, we're not going to go to this one. We're going to go to a different one with better food. I was like, okay. All right. So we go to the different one with better food. And my whole thing was when I was in Thailand, I was like, I just want to – I don't want to regret doing anything. I ate like squid bo- squid eggs on a stick. Like I was like, what's that? Okay, like, I'll have Like a squid it. egg like, sack? Is that what it was? Or? Like, no, like it was like an egg. Like it, oh. was, gr- it was not good. Oh. But I had the <laughs> – she ordered uh, noodles. Thai boat soup. Oh, I love Thai Thai boat noodles. Yeah, yeah, boat noodles. And she's like, "I'm just gonna order it how I like it." I was like, "Okay, it's one of the best soups." It's I've nice ever to had. have a guide. Oh yeah, it was super cool because she got to like negotiate in yeah. uh, Thai for me. Well, and so I didn't get killed. What's cool about the night market? So two things. Number one is if you see these crazy long lines. Um, I can get you cut privileges. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's cool. That's, yeah, super cool. <laughs> uh, number one, they have a beer garden. Right. Oh, there is. I was going to ask yeah, if there's, there's a lot of number ones coming. Yes, up, right? that's number one. Um, no, but if you see a long line, like you can just go to any one of the other stands that don't have a long line at that particular moment, and you're probably going to get something that's just as good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And number two is you can go and get crazy stuff like the fermented or the um, the fertilized eggs with the embryo, or you can go and get arepas or like you know things that are just easier. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not all crazy like Andrew Zimmer and like you know bizarre foods. It's a lot of like authentic stews and sandwiches and things like that. Do they have to cook for you before they get in? Sometimes, um, you know, that's everyone assumes so, but honestly, I'm. You know, as Tom knows, I'm the only person that works there for the most part. Like, I don't have employees. It's uh, so it's long drag, and so time gets uh, condensed, especially as we start planning for the year. Um, so the one times, the times we generally start eye taste test is when we've got a lot of people trying to sell the same thing. Um, okay. But you know, I, I always tell people that I haven't eaten like I hadn't heard of you know half the dishes of the night market anyways, and so that we sort of feature and how what am I supposed to know if it tastes like and you know if they have a certain herb that I just can't stand everyone else probably likes it you know uh, right so it's hard um, you know and the other thing is most of our it's I a think, very humble view on that too because there's there's a lot of people a lot of picky eaters who will just be like oh no like this is gross yeah. well I mean if it. I did that we would have no mayo uh, <laughs> no pistachios you know no. Uh, so I, I probably couldn't do that for my own sort of business. Uh, <laughs> well, and you don't, you don't come from like the food world, like no, you're, no, no. yeah, like you you it's you've got your your specific tastes and right. and that's it. Um, but yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So you know, part of it's time, but um, you know, as I said, the other thing that's I think uh, sad that doesn't get talked about much because I think it would put us you know give us more uh, leverage if we if and when we ever find some grants. Um, I think seventy five, like seventy five percent of our vendors have never owned a business before and never tried. So they'd come into the night market, and the first time they've ever cooked a food for the public has been at the night market. So there's been we counted something like 200, 250 new businesses in New York City that started just because at the night market itself. Wow, that's so, incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it doesn't work for all of them. They sometimes mm-hmm. and there's some. I mean, it's pretty. The other thing about the night market that you know I think is pretty cool is we have. A lot of vendors that just don't care about making a food business. They just want to be there and cook and share their stuff, which is incredible. Like, so it doesn't feel as cutthroat. I think the vendors, you know, they don't call me when it rains and they don't like, you know, curse my future children when it uh, <laughs> it doesn't go well because, you know, for one, it's not big of a loss. We try to, you know, the the entry fee is we the barriers to entry are pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. That we set. Um, but most people just like being out there. Like, you'll see fam like entire extended families under tents. They're smiley and they're just like, you know, trying to teach you about the food. If you buy anything, they don't really care. And so, uh, you know, that's, I think that's we're probably one of the only food markets where every, not every single vendor is like a hardcore entrepreneur trying to become the next millionaire. You know, some people. Yeah. I mean, and you, you do get like, did you, do you guys, uh, like the Arancini brothers, were they ever part of you guys? They came for a short. Yeah. So it's like you get people like that that want to, you know, make their living doing their food trucks and being, you know, concessions at, you know, concerts around New York and, and things like that. But, I the the vibe at um the night market is much more this is my family's food and taste this and right. it, it's interesting and it's really delicious and it's good right. it's it's definitely that um it contributes to the vibe it also makes you feel good because you feel like there's there's social impact in mm-hmm. in your choices of where you eat and when I go to the Queen's night market I feel like I'm making a good social choice because I'm help you know I'm I'm helping out a family that might want to get into this business or you know it's it's great i think you're doing great work like on the social side thanks yeah i mean you know uh things would change a lot you know i I could charge vendors if we get let go you know the five dollar thing trickles down not both good and bad i mean it sucks because no one none of my vendors are going to get rich on a saturday night because you know the margins are sort of artificially narrowed 
Um, which means I can't charge very much in rent, which is good. You know, for uh, the last four years, I've sort of eaten it just for the social benefits. And mm-hmm. every year, it's a tightrope of if I don't get sponsors, do I start charging uh, admission? Do I let go of this $5 price cap? Um, so it's, you know, it's not all roses and... Know, yeah, no, of course. It's, 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 it's a hard business it, to run. It is. And, uh, it's, it's a full-time business, and you're doing it for, you're doing it for nothing. Yeah, basically, yeah, the last three years have been basically uh, pro bono for you know all the people that come and all the vendors. So hopefully that changes. I mean, we get tons of people uh, every night. Um, it's got exposure I can't complain about. I think we've been written in virtually every international media like outlet wow. so it's been yeah i mean i've seen the the like uh, nhk japan type uh, videos about the night market in queens yeah it's, i mean there are know. people that come just um people like like tourists from other countries come by and say like because i'm there every saturday and like usually i'm either in the beer garden or at the info table uh usually <laughs> more the former but um you know people will find me and recognize me and say like oh my god i read about you in germany or taiwan or thailand or like whatever i'm like what that's crazy I, they didn't even interview me that's nice of them but um so it's the exposure has been incredible you know i've been wall street journal cold a couple of times new york times a couple of times economist Look at uh, us. Look at who we got. And, and you're on the Not yeah. a Foodie podcast. <laughs> right, right. So I'm also not a business owner. Yeah. So all, <laughs> Not an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> so all seven of our listeners now. Now you've yeah. got more media exposure. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I, I only came because I heard, I heard this came with a whiskey. I, so I said, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, we'll go. We'll buy you whiskey after the all podcast. Right, perfect, we tried right. to do that once, and it, you know, yeah. it went, went for two and a half hours. Went for yeah. two and a half hours, and yeah, and it was not coherent by the end. <laughs> I do remember um, the one of the first times I showed up at the night market, and I asked for you. They're like, he's either at the info table at the beer garden, and you were at the beer garden. Oh yeah, yeah. and you bought me a beer, and I was like, hey, I would have went straight to the beer garden. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, after who who runs the beer garden? I do. So that's the one thing we own. Well, we own like sort of the little kid games, just you know, give kids something to mm-hmm. do. I mean, the other thing that's crazy is. It's so many kids. Like I've, you know, I thought I used to call it family friendly as a sort of make sure that the politicians are okay with it. But it's become, you know, there's strollers everywhere. And as Tom said, we started putting out this dance floor, and it's just jam packed every night with kids dancing around and jumping around. Yeah, and there's always just hula hoops around, and yeah, it's it's an awesome atmosphere. It's it's a party, and it goes till midnight, right? So you know, like it's very family family friendly early on. I mean, and then it stays that way. But like it, you know, the the kids go away, and I've seen like. Some crazy like salsa dancing and or you just yeah or just don't show up. Yeah, sick. No, I'm yeah. I have food poisoning. Yeah, so I yeah the beer garden. I mean, it's a long day, so you know I'm usually there at set by seven. I leave my apartment at like five five thirty, and then. You know, by the time we open six o'clock, I am ready for a beer or multiple. Beers. Yes. So, so five five thirty in the morning on Saturday, yeah, and you I leave your apartment. Get, yeah, and I usually get back by like three or four in the morning. So, so it's, it's a, almost a twenty four hour yeah. day for it's you. It's been you know the worst one was uh, I think the opening night the first year. I think I got there at six and left at two in the afternoon the next day. Oh my and, god! What? Yeah. I you know I had no idea how much trash people can actually create, and I remember I was walking basically like the entire block. Of like, there's just trash everywhere, strewn everywhere. Um, and then the same thing with the first night, the second year. I think I also left it like I got there at like six a.m. and left it like three in the afternoon. What do you do for the trash? Uh, I mean, uh, what do you mean for removal and what? So we have, I mean, we have a carter. We rent a dumpster every Saturday. I have, I, I walk around. Plus, uh, you know, one or two guys help me out and 
pick up trash and you know we pitch all the tents we put out all the picking tables and clean everything up at the end so um, wow. it's yeah, great i mean so you're you're like the only permanent quote unquote employee i mean it's your it's your venture you this is all done with volunteers right yeah for the most part uh i mean we occasionally you know i think on most nights we have a staffer or two that basically helped me put up tents and clean up trash but mm-hmm. every, every other manpower has been volunteers for four years now and uh you know, they. This is just as much theirs as it is mine. Uh, you know, or at least in the same boat because I consider myself still a volunteer <laughs> until, uh, <laughs> until, until you get paid, I, right? Until I get a sponsor or we sell this thing or decide to do something else. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty incredible, and I can't think of another event that isn't sort of like a nonprofit or a big cultural event that has volunteers. And um, so it's uh, no, a. The only thing I can think of is like weekend long music festivals have volunteers. Yeah. But that they get free tickets. They get they, yeah. they get free tickets and that's it. Yeah. And then they have to clean and everything. Right. But like those are it's not the same thing. It's, yeah, they're probably like, there for the free tickets, right? Yeah. I, I can't give free tickets because yeah. it's and free it's, entry. Yeah. So, it's yeah. once yeah. you know, it's once a year for these like for like these events. Right. Yours is every single weekend. Yeah, right? no, I you know, there's been a couple handful of volunteers that have been there close to like eighty Saturdays over the last four years now. Wow. Like, you know, and some of them show up also at, you know, eight in the morning, ten in the morning, noon, and they leave also and I leave or a little bit before, but like yeah. well past midnight. So I you know, it's pretty well, incredible. And that speaks to that speaks to the vibe that I was talking about. Like that that people it's a family. Like you go there and it's a family event. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever had, you know, any any problems. I'm sure you have. You've got thousands of people coming into a small area, you know, over the course of, um, of, of an evening. But, I mean, it, like, no matter how crowded it has been, it's always been a really positive vibe when you go when you go there. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's, I can sort of count my blessings over four years. And I think we've probably had over a million people at the event by now um not a single incident like you know occasionally there'll be one or two drunk locals that walk in and they get walked right back out mm-hmm. um and that's the only event like we've had no medical disaster i think someone fainted from the heat once um but you know nothing else to speak of so it's incredible it's, yeah i mean i think my insurance company is probably pretty happy <laughs> score <laughs> that is um yeah yeah, I mean, and it it spills out into the neighborhood. You get a lot of neighborhood people, you know, coming in. It's it's one of those it's one of those times where you know very infrequently, and no offense to anyone that lives around there, but like I want to live in that neighborhood on on Saturday nights right. during the summertime. I want to be able to walk over to the Queens International. Yeah, no, it, it it's the uh, th- the things we get promoted on or listed. Now we're on, I don't know, one of the real estate. Uh, websites that does broker like you know listings oh yeah like we are like one of the main features of living in corona i was like oh, you get to live next to the queen's you're, night market you're like, definitely oh. on every airbnb <laughs> Yo, and every uh, single to the extent that airbnb, airbnb exists right yeah, yeah. Yeah. airbnb <laughs> doesn't exist in yeah, no. <laughs> here on the weekends <laughs> queen's night market yeah. um so yeah that's true um but yeah the vibe has been fantastic and, you know it's been a really long grind four years and uh the one thing that keeps it going is really just the atmosphere and you know as bad as it is there'll be an hour or two every saturday where you look around and it looks like new york city's there and everyone's having fun it's not just like miserable people it's like people with their families and you know people bring their great-grandparents on wheel- wheelchairs be like look do you recognize this and do you remember like cooking this and it's just 
it's pretty crazy. Um, and it's a party. Like it's yeah. it's a party. It's a no matter how old you are, whether you're a kid playing with the hula hoops or whether you're in your twenties trying to meet other food lovers or whether you're like you know an old man who's coming to to try to find the taste of something that reminds him of his childhood. I, I feel like there's such a like a vast demographic that goes to the the Queen's Night Market. It's I, really it's I amazing. I can't imagine a better place to spend fifty dollars. Oh my God, fifty dollars! You eat like a king. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's. Uh, when we first, when John and I have been talking about this for a while, you know, usually over cocktails in a bar, and you know that was one of the things that really struck a chord with me is that you want people to just be able to go there and try a whole bunch of different things and not be um, not be overpriced and not be not be outpriced that they can only have like one thing tonight, um, which I really love. I mean, I think one of the big questions that I have is, you know, it's all well and good. You got this, like, you know great positive vibe it's it's really great um i mean it's got to be a fine line of how you grow that you know is, is it sustainable the way that it is right. and you know it's uh, how if it's not sustainable how do you grow it without it becoming right. something that's that it's not right you know? yeah those are all things that i think about that keep me up every single night the last four years uh, <laughs> you know i sort of have this vision in my head that you know, the easy answer is like to find at least on the sort of business model side is to find a big sponsor. I'm sort of yeah. surprised we haven't yet because of the number of people we bring. Um, but you know, can you paste the name and assign somewhere, but keep control of the things that give it the vibe? And I think people sort of generally not ignore signage, but like are fine with it. Like you know, as long as yeah. everything still costs five dollars and the bands are the same and the seating is still the same. Like and like I can imagine the sponsor being great because. You can put up a sort of massive tent that actually helps the event, you know, yeah. like when it rains. But um, so you know, that's something I grapple with. But I haven't really had to go down that line. We've had like small sponsors, which I'm very grateful for, but no sort of you know marquee presenting sponsors. Which um, in terms of the growth of it, I don't know. It's um, you know, it would probably say the cost of running it on a Saturday versus Saturday and Sunday is probably pretty minimal. Um, the you should run it on Sunday so I can go. Yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to see <laughs> what are you going to do on Sunday? I'll do it. I'll do time. it on a Tuesday at night just for you. Yeah, Sundays and Mondays. <laughs> you should do it on <laughs> industry night. Not industry night is Sunday night. night and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, now the price gap is four fifty on industry Mark. night. Um, Mark, Mark, go to every restaurant <laughs> in Queens and be like, hey, guys, you know this thing that you can never go to? We're going to be open on Sundays now. After you're done with that brunch shift, come right to the beer town, one on me. Like, um, the beer tent sponsored I promise by Citibank. You want to know how to g make your revenue? Get all the restaurant industry to the yeah, beer yeah. tent on Sundays. Yeah, that's true. That's, um, you're done. You won't, you'll never need a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> um but as you know, Dom, like uh, in terms of the space, so having it multiple days of the week, uh, that's one thing. But we struggle with logistics of the, you know, we try. We, one of the reasons we open at six is because that's when the museum closes. So it's right. you know, um, so what happens during the daytime of Sunday or Friday? You know, like can you? you we try not to uh, yeah, interfere with operations of the museum. That's part of our contract, but also mm -hmm. part of our agreement. So the idea of doing multiple nights, while interesting, is tough logistically, and there's no way I'm going to go six a.m. Saturday and leave 6 a.m. Monday. So, um, yeah. Then there was, you know, the as you probably saw our mock up four years ago that originally the idea was to have it at the Unisphere, which has tons of space and would be unbelievably picturesque and sort of mean a lot, you know, to be around the yeah. globe. Uh, but that, you know, red tape is red tape. And 
Um, People don't want to give up Queens? like a, that iconic. No, I'm from Texas, actually. Oh, yeah, that's John's. <laughs> I was gonna get into John's dirty little secret. Yeah, that, that is probably my one secret. He's I, from Texas. I say y'all lives in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in Queens more than I am Manhattan now. So I yeah. do the reverse commute. So I always miss the express trains. Um, you're in Manhattan. You're in Queens more than I am. Oh, in yeah, Queens, no, no, and I live in Queens. Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, meetings and stuff. So I don't know. I, I would love to be honest. You know, some people tell me we've, be- we've become an institution in New York City. I'm not so sure that's true, but, you know, I don't know if I'd ever say that's true, except for when the city sort of hands you a check or a key to the city. Or something. Yes. I don't know what that means, but um, but I would, you know, I would love some similar concept to be sort of really somehow created in the infrastructure of the city, right? Or, you know, something that's regular and it's not. So, I mean, we get crowds and big crowds, and I think partly because it's still like a destination, right? And, yeah. Um, but New York City is big enough that even a sort of community event that's lo- regular, I think, could get enough sort of self-sustaining traffic, even if it's not a sort of destination. So, you know, I, the, the social parts of the night market, I want to see seven days a week somewhere in New York City. Right. Where, right. How that works, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I... I the the night markets in Taiwan and in Asia every night basically what, yeah are what they? are what happens during the day there so they actually just so a lot of this, what happens is like this, the shop owner actually just goes sets up on the sidewalk so while he has a sort of brick and mortar in the night he just walks out like a few yards and like sets up sets up a table you know, right and, night yeah. um, and then it depends you know I I did try to do some research on how those things actually work like the ones that have been in operation hundreds and hundreds of years and it was kind of like this person knows he's going in this corner and if you try to take that like there's a big you know like uh, i don't know it was sort of uh, not really formalized and not really official but everyone knew who it's almost like self-governing right right exactly um so but you know it's hard to do research on those things especially like language barriers and you Mm -hmm. know travel costs like that would be great to write off but (laughs) i'm gonna go look at this like (laughs) night market research right We can be your consultants. Yeah, we'll, you know, all right, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. go. Send we'll us go. to Chiang Mai. We'll Chiang Mai. <laughs> everything for you. I'll eat everything. Yeah. We'll take some video, and you know, that'll be that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, people, it's funny. People have asked me to do night markets in all sorts of states. All sort, you know, I don't know, at least five or six or seven different states in the U.S. have asked me if I would consider doing a night market there. Different countries have asked me, and. Like it's still just me. Like that's probably the first answer is always like, look, unless you want to underwrite this thing, that's still kind of my baby, and like I'm still amazed, and I'm still doing it after four right. years. Um, but I I can't have time. You know, someone asked me if I want to do it in Hawaii. I was like, that sounds great, but you get how am I going to go every Saturday from here to Hawaii and back? And so, uh, I don't know. And so in terms of like the growth of the concept itself, I just it's still just me, and until I can, you know, someone, I have the time. Like you know, I've been taking a Saturday off in the summer for four years now so me too uh, yeah well (laughs) you get paid to do it so now i don't so i don't know there's lots of things i think about but during the season it's hard to sort of you know dream much or daydream much about where it goes and yeah but well and and you start you start early and you end pretty late right i mean it's late spring to early fall mid fall really yeah so we always end on uh halloween weekend whenever that falls um so yeah it goes you know, mid-April through late October. And then you take a break for the U.S. Open, right? Unfortunately, yeah. We would love to work with them, and we sort yeah. of, you know, I see them all the time because I'm very involved in the park um, since I'm now a chair of the Community Advisory Board and sit on the Alliance Board. Um, so I, I talk to them all the time and sort of subtly say, wouldn't it be great if we could work together? And uh, 
that would be yeah. the best sponsor. They've got good sponsors. They do have good sponsors. But, I mean, the truth is they also, I mean, they are probably, you know, I think I've heard that they're the biggest, uh, most attended sporting event, like regular annual sporting event in the world. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And so they actually have, really? you know. Really? Yeah. It's uh, like o- almost a million every year, which is. Just like, regulars yeah. coming in, yeah. yeah. So, like, the parking there like so the reason we can't operate is because where we are becomes a parking lot and like every square inch of usable space i think is like is required to be a parking lot because so many people come so it's great i mean i guess you know it depends on where you live exactly some people say it's great for queens if you live right beside it or you're losing your like you know yard for parking you probably don't like it so much so um but you know we i don't mind so much you know the, the I, only impact i've ever seen it for me as like a lifelong Queens resident um, when I was a waiter at a steakhouse in near Astoria because it was so close to LaGuardia the uh-huh. people that came in for the US Open would go eat at the steakhouse before they left yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it right. That's the well yeah I mean I think the biggest concern is I mean I, I don't want to get political here but you know definitely for the people that go to the park if, if that space you're usually normally throwing your picnic tape blanket out there and then there's cars there you know that's yeah. the major one and then there's just an issue of you know how much money are they generating and how much is going back to the community which I, like, I, I don't know the numbers and I don't want to take a side but that's just you know that's what a lot of people mention is you know you make so much in sponsorship how much are you investing back and so uh, where that where, what side of the line that falls, I don't know and don't want to get well, into, but that's... You know, that's a PR opportunity, right? That's a PR opportunity for them to sponsor you. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've been pitching that. I've been pitching that to every Fortune 500 company for four years now. So <laughs> one day it'll work. I'm telling you, Citibank. Citibank needs to be your, your sponsor. Citibank is the sponsor. I'm, I'm going on the record. Citibank. <laughs> I know people at Citibank. I'm going to call you up. And you're going to... You have a beer tent in Flushing yeah. Meadows Corona Park. Right. You know. I mean, it's funny. Like, you know, you talk about... tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Done. I mean, corporations have their own bureaucracy, you know, which is crazy. I was uh, the most, def- probably the most depressing thing I've heard over the last three years or four years. Search like it's, you know, basically it runs to October. I take probably a week off and then back to like putting together a sponsorship deck and sending. Well, actually, that happens in October, but like I probably take a week off. Um, and there's been, I mean, there's been no lack of bites on the line, right? There's been a lot, uh, but the, I probably heard four or five times, pretty far into the conversations that you know. Our marketing team decided that your attendance is too diverse for us to sponsor, right? Wow. Which is, you know, it, I mean, it sucks. It's like the sort of takeaway is a terrible takeaway, but it makes sense if you look at the bureaucracy, bureaucracy of corporations, right? right? So they get specific dollars to do certain things. Well, so you, if, you don't fit in one, pers- right. one specific so, bucket. And they you said, in, you know, yeah. it, what it really takes is, I think, you know, CMO, chief marketing officer to say, you guys have combined your budgets, figure out a way to all of you to get behind this. And, you know, if you have to take, you know, $5, 5000 from here, 5000 from here, 5000 from here, figure it out because I want you to make this work. But if it's up to each individual sort of task force, um, it's not going to work because it yeah. falls between all the cracks. You know, they've said, oh, well, we've got $100,000 to increase our Asian sponsorship or subscriptions, but you only are 33% Asian. Or, you know, we need to increase our Latin sponsorship or engagement and you're only 33%. So it, it's tough. It's a crazy thing that... Uh, like sort of validating on one side, but it's also depressing. No, it, yeah, but yeah. you know, like it's that spills that's, over sorry, though. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, yeah. It's it's disheartening, right? Because you, you almost you it's know, missing the forest through the trees. You, you know how completely. all those um, uh, like '90s uh, investment bros were like, what. Wolf of Wall Street type stuff. They were all like Bayside guys. <laughs> yeah, they That's were like, all like, yeah. You, you just need like Queens guys running a place. And, like, <laughs> they'll understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> and the, the, the truth, uh, you know, the second depressing thing is that uh, I've heard on multiple occasions that you know no corporation really has a strategy for Queens yet, right? So everyone expects Queens to be the next Brooklyn. Um, you know, I've been told, you know, had you done the night market in Brooklyn or Manhattan, we would be all over it. But in Queens, we just don't, as an institution or an organization, have yeah. a strategy yet for figuring out how do you. And there's a lot of things that are, I mean, make Queens great, Queens great, but also makes it tough. You know, like language barriers are huge in Queens. Um, so you put up an ad in English, you know, there's a good chance 90% of the people that see it won't understand it. Um, and then sort of the, you know, uh, the travel gaps and, you know, yeah, public transportation gas. So there's a lot of things that are tough, and uh, I get it. But you know, it is depressing as the guy who on the other side of the line who says, "Figure it out." Like you know, yeah, it, it's finding that that perfect sponsor that um, doesn't see those things as obstacles. Wait, that sees those as the way to go. You're doing a SWOT analysis of like this place. I don't think you ever put down too diverse as like you would never do that p- PR wise. But that's yeah. you know, when you allocate your dollars, you got to yeah, figure out some I way just, to do it. It's really tough. No, I no. can't imagine ever something being called you're too diverse that like yeah. blows my mind yeah well it's it like i said it's finding that right yeah. it's finding that right sponsor that doesn't see any of these things as obstacles yeah. it sees these things as strengths and yeah I, i'm sure there's know. a huge jones effect too right because the first question everyone asks you is who else are sponsors and you know we've had a few small sponsors which we can name but uh, you know unless you say you know some major international bank is there or some you know international auto company or whatnot mm-hmm. uh like i think the biggest fit is, for me has always been airlines you know like yeah it makes so much sense but uh, you know the, and the other thing probably a third thing that's on the list is you know people want i mean there's just everyone's looking for sports sponsorships right so they, like, if it's not on live tv and it's not sports around it they don't care so yeah. uh that's that's how it is, which is fine. I mean, I get it. Uh, you know, there's probably a reason you don't walk around seeing the other outdoor festivals with huge sponsors either. But uh, you know, it, 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 part social, part PR, part cost, part actually, you know, ten, twelve, eleven thousand, twelve, thirteen thousand people coming in. I, I would imagine Amex would be a great. Well, I mean, it, so well, the problem is it was yeah. mostly cash yeah. only, so that's really hard for Amex to get behind it. Yeah, um, very true. <laughs> well, they give everyone one of those, you know, square chips or whatever right. it is. And uh, but um, no, I know I I've got, I've got I've got some ideas that we'll we could talk about after the the microphones are off. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I mean I I for like I'm gonna say it again, Mike. You need to figure out a time to get to the yeah, night no, market. Yeah, no, I'm gonna get food poisoning. And uh, let me in know. The future. I'm not gonna and be then, there this. I'm not uh, gonna be there this weekend. But after the Fourth of I'm July, I'll be cure there. Cure it with a shark fish shark. <laughs> so what is what is your favorite thing to eat there? Do you have a like a go to? Not really. I mean, the funny thing is, I actually don't really eat on Saturdays. Um, so uh, I, that means you people joke like, well, I mean, they scoff when I say I don't have a favorite, but it's also because I haven't tried some of the food. Um, I, I, whatever the opposite of a stress eater is, I'm like a stress faster. Like if I get like, you know, I, I'm a stress drinker and a stress faster. I know what you're saying. I know no, what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, yeah. The last thing I want to think about is food when I'm just like, you know, making sure that nothing's on fire and nothing's going wrong, uh, which inevitably every Saturday something goes wrong, you know. Uh, so I, no idea. But, you know, the lines are usually a fairly good testament of what is popular. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I, I did, for instance, I had these uh, – just last weekend, I was uh, I had this last Saturday these spicy Filipino garlic peanuts, Ooh. and they were so freaking spicy. I was just sweating, drenched in sweat from like 
the peanuts and not the actual event. Um, and so I was, ha- I was going around handing them out one by one because they were so spicy to like just guests and vet- other vendors and visitors. Like, you want a spicy ass peanut? Here's one. Because I couldn't. Because that's all you can. Yeah, have they're, they're, and people were like, I love spicy foods. I put it in. They're like, God, that's really hot. So, so, um, yeah. So I mean, that was. It's fine. I don't know. Uh, do you have a Do you have a like a most interesting food that you've had there? Um. Not really. I mean, I've been, I've always been a pretty adventurous eater. Like the mm-hmm. only thing I've like not eaten and I have regrets is like you know one of those live maggots that like uh, those are really fat, juicy ones. That, like, oh yeah, like, the little grubs that are yeah, like, or yeah. the big, huge grubs. That, yeah, like, they're pretty big. Yeah, yeah. That I, I I could get myself to do it. And, like I think I was in China, and uh, that's the one thing. That's the only thing I've ever turned down. And I have like I want to take revenge and eat a lot of these when I see them next. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> I ate a uh, scorpion. Yeah, scorpions are good. Yeah. They're like they, they're crispy. And, yeah, yeah. they're eating they're scorpions. Um, they're good. Barbecue. They taste yeah, like barbecue sauce. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, you know, we have insects at the event. We have, you know, fertilized duck eggs, and I'm not sure what else is super exotic or so. I, I don't know. But I've also been staring at these guys for you know every Saturday for right. four years, so it's hard to be too objective about that what's the least exotic food do you have like like slices of pizza or we no, I mean, we, we've had you know fries. we've had you know fresh uh stretched dough pizza from italy i probably like i don't know even the roasted corn has you know peruvian spices on it so it's right. pretty spicy itself uh, it may be there i mean i would they probably kill me but probably they're like shish kebab is kind of like middle <laughs> road but it's good because i mean i'm always yeah. surprised that so many people go to that because you know there are not everyone that comes is adventurous and so they like look for something familiar and they have a you know uh, meat skewer that looks sort of you could find on most streets and so um it's probably something for everyone i mean we had you know we get to play uh, the one thing i play we play probably play around more with desserts like in terms of hot foods it's got to mm-hmm. be traditional you got to have eaten it your whole life and you know it's got to mean something to you desserts we try you know we give a little more fun like desserts can be more trendy sometimes you know we have like a french toast PBJ there the first two yeah. years. Um, well, people experiment with with desserts like well, a lot yeah, these days, right, right. you know. But even though we, you know, we probably allocate a quota of like two sort of fancy dessert things, and the rest will have to be pretty the, you know, traditional. So, I don't know what it, uh, Romanian Hungarian chimney cake is, but Mike's it, looking at the yeah, vendor list from what last the night or plate, the last night, place yeah. is called Twister Cake. Yeah, so it, the whole thing sounds good. It's very theatric, which is great. Um, you know they're put they're they were rolled around this sort of stone uh, cylinder and then roasted in a sort of open fire and then becomes really crispy and caramelized on the outside and uh, yeah it's Instagram food it's very much Instagram but it's also traditional which is like sort of the best I'm pulling up their own of- website to look at pictures of. It. <laughs> I, um, honestly, uh, if you want Instagram gold, you got to go to the Queen Site Market. Oh, there's yeah, always some cool. great shots of everything, of the crowd eating, you know, smoke billowing coming out of the the tents and yeah, the uh, sweet taste of Transylvania. Huh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm about it. Yeah, All no, right. you know, it's funny. I was, um, you know, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Like the Bourdain Market thing was like that got announced the same time the Queen's Night Market got announced. And um, yeah. did he ever come by? Uh, his some of his folks came by. His folks, his uh, the produ- the production staff, or? production staff, some of his partners came by. Um, never met him in person. We were supposed to have a meet and greet, but turned out not to happen. So, uh, mm-hmm. but that was a while ago. Uh, I helped a little bit on there, or at least sort of gave them ideas for their parts unknown in Queens. Um, nice. That was such a good. That's episode. a great episode. I actually 
couldn't bring myself to watch it because <laughs> we weren't in it because you guys uh, weren't in it we yeah. weren't in it and like uh, I, I gotta be honest our, the credits I wanted to be for the Queen's Night Market but it was to me personally which I was you know I was kind of like oh you, you got a credit on it I got a thanks yeah, yeah. but I was hoping it was to be for the Night Market for the Queen's Night yeah, Market yeah but it wasn't yeah. so I actually haven't been able to watch it myself but eventually one day uh, <laughs> but uh, no I, you know it, it was always funny because I heard through the grapevine that Someone was pitching the Bourdain market at City Hall, and they're like, uh, someone was asking, like, someone from the mayor's office was like, what is this? Or maybe the governor's office, one of those two, was like, you know, what is this? What is Bourdain market supposed to be? Is it just an indoor food hall? Is it just another one of those food halls? Mm-hmm. Uh, and whoever was pitching it, I have a sense of who might have been pitching it, but I heard through the grapevine, and they said, oh, well, you know, imagine a, um, uh, a food hall meets the Queen's Night Market. I was like, score! <laughs> nice. Yes! <laughs> nice. So, uh, uh, so I was carefully tracking them whenever there was news, but, you know. Yeah, that, and then that ended up... Who knows be, what happened. Yeah, later. exactly. But, um, well, I mean, when, when he announced that, you guys were the first people that I thought of. You you were the first person that I thought right. of the Queen's Night Market. Yeah, it, it's just an indoor version of the Queen's Night Market, right. you know. Just With a whole a lot more larger. money behind it. Yes, uh, a lot yeah, more yeah, money yeah, behind yeah. it. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I mean, I mean, I joke about it. And, uh, it it's amazing how many times... I don't know. I, I guess I'm probably more bitter about it than I let on. But, uh, you know, our marketing taglines have been basically stolen and permute, permutated by so many people now, right? All the food festivals are like, you know, traditional authentic food from all over the world, like affordable, you know. Yeah. Even like when the last time I heard um, the Bourdain market being marketed, it was, uh, oh, you know, our main focus is on affordability so that even janitor janitors are going to come in eat, and eat as well as Wall Street bankers. And I was like, that sounds oddly familiar. Like that was not how you started marketing <laughs> this thing. Uh, and, you know, the $5 price cap has been replicated at other events now. And so uh, people say that, what, it, you're a trendsetter. Yeah, I don't know. I would prefer to be the only one <laughs> still, but no, it's true. I mean, people you prefer always, to be making money off no, of the things right. that you invented right, right, or that you um, came up with. But it's good. You know, at the same time, you know, if, if I die and there's a lot, then we've created a trend of affordable things. Like that, this can't be, there are much worse things that could happen. Yeah. Too. So I, I don't mind so much. It's just when people they get all the PR with our own tagline, it's, it bothers me a little bit. But, you know. Yeah, they aren't patentable. Like affordability is not a, a patentable, a patentable uh, a concept. I don't think. Um, yeah. Although in New York, it should. It, it like should it, be. It, 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 it seems like be. it is. Yeah, it comes very. Um, so no, it's been crazy. The doors have opened, and the people I've met, including Tom and now Mike here, um, who I'll never see on Saturday, but until uh, <laughs> I get sick. <laughs> uh, it's been a wild ride. As I said, I, I thought a year it would be done and like I'll have a fun story to tell. And now it's, you know, four years in, four like years, a million yeah. people, a million people have attended. And like it's. I'm sure you have days where you're like, well, why did I do this? And then there are some days that are probably. No, every day I like wonder why I did this. And as I said, it's really, it's remarkable because I will stop myself probably for an hour or two every Saturday and realize like this is still why I'm doing it. And like, even though that, you know, 364 days a year sucks, like 23 hours a day sucks. This one hour is pretty incredible, and it's if you look around, like smile. It sounds so cheesy. But no, like, it, it's how it's like restaurant cynicism. It's it, it's a real thing. It's no, no. It, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but like you look around, people are smiling, and you, like this, you know, all different colors, all different backgrounds. Yeah. Like and that is like the one. You know, I think most elite food festivals or you know trendy food festivals are you know. Probably you know ninety percent upper middle class Caucasians. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. a sort of it's great. They have their own niche market, or they have their market. Maybe mine's probably more niche, but um, it looks really just looks like New York City is there and having a good time. And that's you know, 
It does. It looks like it looks like a big party in the park. Right. It looks like a you know a giant party that you would walk by in Flushing Meadows Park. It just so right. happens that you can buy the food from all these people that are partying. Right. And you know the communal table, sort of the picnic tables we put out become this sort of community space, right? Like you, yeah. they, they sort of it goes so fast that you're looking at the next little opening and you sit down. You're inevitably surrounded by six, seven people that you've never met before, and and you're all asking them about what they're eating. No, what no, do they right. get? Yeah, and it, yeah. It's it's really, how, how many vendors do you usually have a night? Uh, we cap the food vendors at fifty five, so it oscillates realistically probably between like forty five, fifty five. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that for all sorts of reasons. One is the space. Uh, I am very reluctant to use. So if you haven't been, it's like half of it's paved and the other half is lawn, which is partly, I'm not going to say I'm such a, you know, I have no idea what I was doing event planning. But, Genius of design. Right. Yes. No, but like the, the idea that you could actually bring a picnic blanket is so big, right? So most of these food festivals happen on pavement. And so it's, you get your food, you're either standing or you, you know, you, if you go watch these food festivals, Especially the free ones, people just kind of get a few things and then take off. Like you spend maybe thirty minutes. I think our average like duration of stay is like three hours, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, people um, just chill. Yeah, and so like we wouldn't that would not be the case if we didn't have a big lawn, right? Like that just as a matter of fact, that wouldn't be the case. Um, so that's sort of like lucked into it. Um, but yeah, so part of, and I'm reluctant to put vendors in the space because if it does rain, it becomes a muddy mess. And uh, yeah, so that's but it's also at. I sort of, for whatever reason, empirically or just sort of theoretically, it about um, 100 visitors per vendor is what makes them like ecstatic. Like about, That's about where a sort of a break-even point is. So okay. everything above 100, at least for my event, it probably is very different for other events, but like, so about 100, vendors per, 100 visitors per vendor is where they generally try to break even. And so everything about that is profit. Uh, and so since we get on average, including rain on average, about... Ten thousand people a night. That's sort of where the you know work. That's the it's not too much, right? right it's there. not too much, and it's not yeah. too too overwhelming. And then we have up to twenty five art merchandise vendors a night, um, and then a bunch of games scattered throughout. So and if you garden, sorry, go ahead. And, and a beer my garden. beer wine, and where everything's also five dollars. Wait, the beer's five dollars? Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Oh, it's sorry, not, we buried the lead. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. beer, <laughs> the beer <laughs> and the wine. The beer and the wine. We uh, also added that for the the front of the, uh, <laughs> the podcast. Um, <laughs> Just Mike saying, what? The beer is $5. <laughs> There's a cloud of smoke where Mike was sitting. Now he's, he's not here anymore. He's at the beer garden um, waiting. Uh, yeah, so it's not – I mean, the crazy thing, one thing I've had to learn through the back end of this is the – You need to market that more. Well, that you, should, when you, yeah. Hey, before the food vendors or anything on the website, yeah. it, should just, it should say $5 beers. Yeah. I mean, if you if you saw all the beers we offer, you might. It, not, no, it doesn't yeah, matter. We do – at my place, we do $9 happy hour for yeah. cocktails. Yeah. We're tip included, so just yeah. nine dollars. Oh, yeah. As soon as we put up a sign that said nine dollar happy hour, busy, quadruple yeah, yeah, the yeah. amount of people. Yeah. The bar's always packed till seven yeah. p.m. Now, yeah, I mean the other thing, yeah, that's true. I mean the the crazy thing, you would not believe how few people drink at our event, which makes it partly you know why we've never had an incident. But uh, doing sort of back of the envelope, less than five percent of people that come drink a beer, which wow. is which is pretty remarkable. So I thought I was going to make a mint. Like I thought maybe if this, I don't find a sponsor, the beer garden would carry me. But it turns out I mean, it has its, you know, good, good, good advantages and disadvantages. Disadvantages mm-hmm. I don't make as much money, but advantages that it's sort of casual and you don't have people going home, stumbling home, or you know, getting in accidents when they get home. So it's a, uh, it's give and take. But so the beers, you know, the, I had to learn sort of behind the scenes trying to order beer you know so since we do you know i don't want to screw over the vendors and start introducing seven dollar beers and you know all of a sudden you've got this sort of weird inconsistency between the food and the drink right um 
So trying to get local craft brews is not a cheap thing, right? Like there's like they, you know, if more than maybe more than anyone sort of breweries and distilleries operate on scale, you know, and so if they're a tiny brewery only making, you know, X amount of vats, their price is going to be to sell you has got to be like four or five for six bucks, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so we have to stick with sort of mass producing things just to. Well, get I mean, I was drinking. Our, I was happy with my tecates right, right, right. when we yeah, were. Yeah. No, 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 very few people. There are people like. There are people that complain that walk in <laughs> yeah. like, where is the you know super craft uh, you know eight hundred IBV IBU yeah. whatever, uh, which I love, but you know I just to me I sell so five small cups right yeah, exactly like, yeah yeah, um, yeah so it's really done. What's that? Here's your three ounces. Yeah, no, it's yeah. true, and because you know I've tried to order beer, and they're like you know a unit is your five dollars. I'm like, well, there's no way I can have it. So, yeah, uh, what's that? We would love to have a bunch of Queens breweries, but uh, it just you know it doesn't is work. What it is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, maybe a handful of people claim claim uh, complain throughout the year. I think most people are like five bucks. That's I don't care what I get. So. Yeah, I thought it was great. Five bucks. I'm, I'm drinking my Tecates and whatever. What else do you have there? What other brands would you? Uh, have? Right. I mean, it depends week to week. Uh, whatever you can get for cheap. No, no I mean we pretty much know the prices, but you know sometimes it goes depending on the part of the season. But I think the last Saturday's beer menu was I think Tiger, Tecate, Blue Point, Stella, Shock Top. Uh, Just. Uh, I think maybe something else. I don't know. Yeah, about those are you know yeah. what those are those are barbecue beers. Those are the yeah. beers that you want to have in a cookout, right. and it's totally fine. Right. And that's what that's essentially what you're going to is you're going to this giant cookout in the park. Yeah, um, where you don't have to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if anyone wants to be a vendor, what do they do? Uh, oh man, go to our website. <laughs> <laughs> but you need your grandmother's recipe. Yes. Or your dad's, or your great grandma. So yeah. if anyone wants to be a vendor, go to the website. If anybody wants to be a sponsor. Contact. Go to the website. <laughs> hey, or contact. Wait, wait, first go to the website. All right. I won't send you the website. I will send you directly to my wallet. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but that's. But you guys, you you do accept vendors throughout the year. It's not like you know. Yeah, no, that's the other it's, thing. It's week to week. You don't yeah. ask for contracts. Well, right? we do. I mean, we have a minimum of five weeks. Um, oh, okay. Which is, I mean, that's not bad. No, it's not bad. I mean, you're you can as a food vendor, you can get started for. I mean, assuming you borrow, I mean, it's crazy, right? You borrow your friend's equipment. Mm-hmm. You sign up for the five five minimum dates. Your investment in trying to start a new business is a thousand dollars, right? Whereas you know most other festivals, I mean, you know it, it's it's tough, right? So four, four years have been tough because I could I could make everyone sign up for the entire season. I wouldn't have to worry about recruiting anymore. I wouldn't have to worry about applications once the season starts, and I could just not do anything from Monday through Saturday. Yeah, coast know, or, a Yeah, bit, coast. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that you know if after five weeks someone's not doing well, they're free to leave and. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to find someone to put, take their place. Um, so it's a huge headache, but in terms of lowering the barrier to entry, getting new businesses, it's, you know, there's, you know, it's, we do our best. So, um, there's a five week minimum. Cool. All right. Well, that sounds like that. I mean, that's, that's not a bad investment. <laughs> like if you're going to try to start something, do you want to do something? Yeah. Like, you want to just go. What does your grandma this? cook? I'm Italian and Jewish, so everything. I have. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, right? I have this. So this is this is my my little food drive. I think I've talked to you about this. Something just called fritti, which is just fried little bits of Italian food. So like like a fritto misto or mm-hmm. things like that. You do that or um, Italian charcuterie in a cone, like the, just in a paper cone with little bits of prosciutto and everything like that. This Can we do that for five bucks around. though? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if I make it myself. The health department will shut us down, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and you're in luck because our charcuterie—we had someone selling charcuterie who just left. So, uh, right. sadly enough, it sounds like we're in. 
Yeah. And then I could go there. I know a guy. I know the guy who runs the place. I know the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, John, do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, before we go? Anything you want to promote or yeah, anything? Um, no, I don't think so. I was, uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, all right. I self promoting like every day, so it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got promotion sat- fatigue. Yeah, 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 for sure. I was hoping there was whiskey, but apparently that's coming in a few minutes. So. Yeah, the whiskey's coming. <laughs> 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 it was it was like noon when you showed up, so like I felt like I had to. But 105 is perfect. 105 like, yeah, is yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's whiskey, o'clock. Clock. whiskey o'clock. It's, it's whiskey o'clock. Well, I mean, what I will say is I think that what you're doing is is awesome. It's obviously it's a labor of love and hate for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's I think that it's a, an amazing contribution to not only you know the food scene in the city, but just the 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 scene in the city. Just just um, the city in general. Um, the neighborhood, Queens, and and really um, bringing sort of a little bit of a spotlight to the diversity of Queens, to what Queens is. Um, the fact, like I said, the, the fact that you keep everything really affordable, that it's really diverse. I mean, I think there's it. There is a social impact to what you're doing, and I and I love it. So you know, continue continue on as long as you can possibly stand it. I can't tell you probably a dozen or so people have asked me if I've been to the Queens International Night Market <laughs> because I, my, two of my favorite things are the diversity of Queens and food. Uh, so it's kind of like the perfect Venn diagram for me. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to go. going to have to be <coughs> out there. Yes. Uh, or you can just start on Sundays too <laughs> for, for me. I'll sponsor. I'll be the, the sole Sunday sponsor. That is not going to be cheap. I, I, hope, I, hope your, I hope your Saturday job is paying like <laughs> substantial amounts of money. <laughs> I told Mike that I was like, I was glad that he has never gone because I wanted I wanted to see his face when he when he heard about like what it was and, yeah. you know, and, and how awesome it was. And then I'm just going to shout out $5 beers. Again. $5 beers. $5 Queen's beers. <laughs> How much of the beers? Five dollars. Uh, all right, cool. <laughs> no, I mean Tom, thank you for your support over four years. It was I, oh, I, I did nothing. It, I did nothing. Oh, you you did all the work. Oh, you should you should use the hashtag five dollar beers. Well, the funny thing, yeah, this is your most yeah. But the funny thing is, I can't. So someone else runs my Instagram because yes. my phone. Text them. <laughs> John is flipping up. He's, he's got a flip phone. He's right. holding his flip phone. He's, right. So he's, I, someone else uh, uh, graciously runs my Instagram because I can't take pictures or post pictures with my phone. So. <laughs> it's by design, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the day I quit being a lawyer is the day I gave up my smartphone. So um, it's good, man. Yeah. I mean, the, I did hear that the uh, MTA fairs are now going to be soon going to be uh, smartphone only. So I'm you might. I'm what? walking everywhere. In that's, the, that's the plan. That yeah. Can, what? I know. It seems like uh, unjust. How, what, that, it, That's class warfare. Well, if you get, I mean, if you buy a monthly, it's a, it's only. But you can go still buy single rides and things like that. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's miserable. Well, that's no, a yeah. podcast for another time. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the, the uh, discrimination against the phones is oh, it's it's a, it's a wave, actually, man. It's uh, it, I know, I know, uh, I know you yeah. were at the head of that wave. Do you <laughs> or the also back of it. I'm only not listen sure to uh, music on 33 inch vinyl? No, I do. <laughs> I do. There's a record player right behind you. That was a sick record selection, actually. Like really, really great. All right, man, John. Well, it's been it's been awesome having you on yeah, the podcast, no, sure. and I can't wait. Well, maybe we'll do a we'll try to get a video together where we go and shoot some stuff at the Queensland Market. Is there supposed to be a uh, radio show happening at the Hall Sides live? And where they've actually tried to do it a couple of times, different people, but it, with our you know, band in the background, I heard the the. the 
audio oh, doesn't yeah. work out very well. But if you guys ever want to come do a podcast, feel free. Oh, we'd love to. Oh, yeah. Of course, he'll just be like, five hour beer, five yeah. hour beer. That's all your hair is like, in the background. <laughs> it might just be me. I just, we have to I'll just come in. with $25 and be like, five, five dollar beer. After the whiskey episode Please tip had, the bartender. You did not account. For someone in the restaurant industry, you didn't even account for tipping Wait, the bartender. Wait, no, no, no. You always... This, you, said a, five, you said yeah, $25 you guys, for five beers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll bring some extra. I, I also just wasn't thinking about people. I was just thinking about the beer. We're, 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 it's a given. Yeah. So seven dollar beers with a tip. You're still okay. Great. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, John, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having. Me. And until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Mike. And that's the Not a Foodie Podcast. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>